The Money Show with Bruce Whitfield is brought to you by APSA CIB. Working with clients to detect shifts in the market and identify new opportunities in the non-bank financial institution sector. The bravery to imagine. That's Africanacity. APSA is a registered FSP. Let's go straight to our market commentator tonight, Peter Brook. Now, Peter Brook is with the Old Mutual Investment Group. He's in studio today. Markets were less wild today than perhaps one might have feared they would be, considering this enormous global sort of fallout that we're feeling, but not really seeing manifest in markets. Or was all the damage done last week? That's right, Bruce. We actually ended up yeah. 0.3%, um, having been down nearly a percent at halfway through the day. And... I think it's really just about markets are forward-looking machines. So the last two weeks have been particularly bloody. So rebasing of global interest rates has come through quite promptly. Um, so there are some lagged effects. You know, Investec came out with their trading statement on Friday, but they were pretty weak today, 5%, well, 4.6 or so. 5%, um, rounded up. Down. And so big UK business. So there could be a little bit of those type of trades coming through. But the other side was, obviously, we had a strong um, performance from NASPERS and Process. So that's such a big impact in terms of our market, which helped prop it up. Um, do you see, I mean, uh, Gulam has alluded to it, I mean, not just yet, but opportunities beginning to manifest in UK businesses. So we saw Hammerson, for example, Capital and Counties uh, take a bit of a bath on the day. You know, these are intraday moves. They're nothing in themselves. But are we seeing a, a sort of a revaluation of UK PLC, which goes in our favour in any way? So I think, I mean, there will be interest in buying UK assets. It's a big country. It's important. And if you actually look at it, Europe has been buying assets. The French have been quite a lot of FDI. The problem with FDI, though, is that you then take the dividends out afterwards. Yes. So remember, the UK has lived on the kindness of strangers. I think the last time they had a, budget, a current account surplus was in 1982. So you, they are not saving enough. And therefore, if you're selling assets to pay your way, eventually you run out of assets. Yes. Just in terms of the impact on South Africa... Obviously, there are lots of different moving parts, but really what stands out is maybe we could give a little bit of credit to our own government and our own people for not being crazy. Well, we'll we'll see the medium-term budget policy statement, but I mean, fiscal probity has been the hallmark, certainly, of Inokodongwana so far. Uh, Tito Mboweni set the tone, of course, coming out of a, a, a period of crazy in terms of, I've even forgotten the, the sequence of events, but um, we had lots of finance ministers in short succession, including um, that well-known filmmaker, what's his name, Malusi Gigaba. Um, uh, it, it, yeah, we went through a really rough patch, yet the result Reserve Bank held the course and provided stability. Tito Boweni came in, uh, introduced quite a lot of austerity, and Inokodongwana seems to be pursuing that same line. That's true. I mean, the truth is, under Jacob Zuma, we walked to the brink. Yes. But well, we actually sprinted and then did a, a handbrake turn at 100. But that is the beauty is we, yes. we haven't ever gone over the brink. And yeah. what's interesting about the UK, of course, is it's one of the first developed markets to really start looking like an emerging market. Explain that. A lot of people have been sort of doing that sort of tongue-in-cheek, but they are behaving like many emerging markets do when they get into a spot of bother. They start printing money or they start cutting interest rates or they start expanding the fiscus by borrowing too much. So I think it's really about the combination of monetary and fiscal policy together. So 
they have had traditionally um, tight fiscal and loose monetary. Yes. They've now pivoted to the other way around where they're going loose fiscal and that will force tight monetary. In other words, interest rates from the Bank of England are going to go up higher than they would have. Andrew Bailey is already saying it. He is the governor of the Bank of England saying they will do whatever is necessary to bring inflation back to their target, which is 2%. And at the moment, they're running double-digit inflation. So the problem there is if you've borrowed a lot of money to buy a house in the UK, you're going to take a lot of heat. But on the other side, the government is giving you a subsidy on your energy costs, so the consumer is in better shape than it would normally be. But behind that, you start building up debt. So the UK um, debt to, uh, public debt to GDP was 25%, it's now 95%. Once again, that's, not, that's manageable if you have good domestic savings, if you have... Um, Wealthy grandchildren, uh, because they get... If, you, if, you, if you're <laughs> becoming more competitive, yes. if you're exporting more goods. But the UK is not doing that. No. They've actually gone backwards in terms of competitiveness. Um, so it's, it's tricky for them. It, it's such an interesting place that we find ourselves in. And a, a JSC knocked down to levels, worst levels in a year. Um, you know, the JSC, oh, I think, was at where it began the year this year at 63,000-odd um, on Friday. A little bit of a recovery today. Uh, there must be hugely tempting valuations on the JSE that you either go in on and buy shares and, you know, hit, hope, and pray, um, or you wait on the sidelines and wait for things to get a little bit worse on global economies and markets? There's always opportunity. So today, for instance, Tiger Brands came out with their trading it segment. It was huge. It was better than expected, Yeah, 10% up on the share price. The one that I've, I'm interested in is Remgro. So their results are coming out tomorrow, but they announced that they will be unbundling their Grinrod shares. So they own 25% of Grinrod, and they're going to give that out to shareholders. But now remember... This, they're a conglomerate. They've got loads of different assets, and what they're doing is they're going and tidying it up. So there was a report last week about selling their total stake, um, which, once again, I think they own 25%. Yeah. They've taken MediClinic private. It's every, I mean, it's clicking along almost sort of one a quarter now of corporate announcements of applying capital to their core businesses, exiting non-core businesses. But the beauty of that is they trade let's say they're worth a rand, they're trading at 60 cents. So every time you release value like that as shareholders, we get that value. So we've added it into our client portfolios some um, a little while ago. And the reason for that is you've got clear corporate value unlock, but also you've got a safer space to be in in what a very challenging and volatile market. So much more of an absolute return type method, mentality, preserve capital, but you can still grow and deliver um, returns to your investors from here. Peter Brook is with the Old Mutual Investment Group on a day where the JSE added 209 points, one-third of a percent amidst huge volatility on the day. At one stage this morning, you could have paid 18 rand 80 for a pound. Uh, as the show started this evening, you would have paid 19.53. And as I speak to you now, 19 rand 30 for a pound. It's massively volatile. It's all over the place. The Money Show with Bruce Whitfield was brought to you by APSA CIB. Get all the information on the non-bank financial institutions trends in Africa on the APSA Insight Series podcast. That's Africanacity. APSA is a registered FSP.